Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to take the stage today. Uh, Pastor Stephen is not around. He's in Klang City of Light Church this morning, but he sends his greetings. He'll be there for the 10 o'clock service and then at 1 o'clock for the Chinese service. No, he doesn't speak Chinese. There'll be a translator, but he's excited for what God is doing in Malaysia. Amen? Amen. All right, so I'll start off with a story real quick. There was a couple who went shopping. And so they went shopping and the wife tried on this dress and it was beautiful. The husband looked at her, she looked at him and he, he said, Yala, we, we must buy this dress. It's so chantek. Then they looked at the price tag. Whoosh. He said, um, never mind lah. Uh, we look for in another shop maybe. I'm sure we can find something that is just as good. And then he went out to wait for her and she changed back to her dress. And then she came out with the shopping bag. So he said, hey, you bought the dress, so expensive. And she said, yeah. He said, you cannot resist temptation. Ah. Tell the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. And she said, I did. I said to the devil, get thee behind me, Satan. But he got behind me and he said, it looks even better from the back. <laughs> All right, ladies, so you know what to use next time when you go shopping. It's not a true story. Okay, so sometimes we blame... Satan for everything that happens, bad things that happen in our life. Sometimes the traffic light turns red, but we tekan and we go and then the police stops us and we say, Ayah, the Satan ah, put the police there lah. You know, or our alarm clock doesn't go off and we say, Ayah, Satan ah, must have turned it off in the night lah. Or our husband <laughs> doesn't turn out the way he is. Hey, this is devil's job. But I'm going to show you some pictures. Real quick, and tell me what do these have in common? <laughs> Y'all recognize who's that? What is this? What is this? So what do these have in common? Okay, can go to the next one. They are transformation. Transformation, right? Transformation on the outside. Y'all recognize the last picture, right? Yeah, who's that? <laughs> Y'all know, huh? We all went through transformation in our lives. Huh? Now better, huh? Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, what I'm going to talk about is transformation, but not transformation on the outside, transformation of the heart, of our heart. Something that people don't see. Yeah? And um, the text is taken from Psalm 51, verse 10 to 13. If you have your Bibles with you. If you don't, it's okay. The text should be up there. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Does it say create in my husband a clean heart? Does it say create in my kids a clean heart? Does it say create in my boss a clean heart? No, it says create in, talk to me, me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. 
Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will turn, return to you. Amen? Create in me a pure heart. Then they will turn to you. So number one, transformation starts in me. Now this psalm was written by King David and it was right after Prophet Nathan had confronted him. Okay, so the background story is David had committed a sin. What he did was when the army had went to war, he stayed back. He stayed back. He looked over the balcony and he saw this beautiful woman bathing, Bathsheba. And not only did he see and quickly oh, yo, turn away, he continued watching, right? Come on, you're all adults here. It's okay. Don't be shy, shy. So, he watched. And not only did he watch, he invited her over. He summoned her over to his palace and had an affair with her. Not only did it end there, she got pregnant. He got word that she got pregnant. And then the, the husband, Bathsheba's husband came back. Uriah came back. And David quickly said, go, go home to your wife. Go sleep with your wife. You know, hoping that it can cover up his mistake. His sin. His not mistake, sorry. Sin. Must be very clear. Huh? It's not a mistake. It's a sin. So, <laughs> Uriah said, no, I will sleep at the king's gates instead. So, alamak, what's David going to do? David sent Uriah out as a frontliner to war, which meant basically killing him. Okay? So, one sin led to another sin. He tried to cover it up. And then Nathan, Prophet Nathan, confronts him. And this is what happened. And David's response is what's so interesting. He goes before God and he says, Create in me a clean heart. He could have easily turned Prophet Nathan away because he's king. He could have easily covered up even more. But he decided to say, God, create in me a clean heart. Change me, God. I need to change. Now, Whatever state you are in, whatever sin that has happened in the past, you can come before God and say, God, create in me a clean heart. God, forgive me. God, change me. Transformation starts in me. Yeah? In us. We need to change. Then the situation can change. We need to change our perspective so that everything around us, it will not change, but the way we see things will begin to change. Amen? Sometimes it's hard to accept that we need the change. Yeah? Sometimes it's really hard to accept. Who, who finds it easy to accept change? Somebody tells you you have to change and you're like, okay. Sometimes it's hard. A lot of times it's hard. But sometimes we need that change. We need someone like Prophet Nathan to come in our life and say, hey, get your life right. Yeah? We need the correction. We need the change. We always want to be the one in the right. We say we are good. The other person is the one that needs the change. Now, every night we pray before we sleep. And so Nadine, my number five, she is a very sassy, she's a sassy queen. So she will pray this. Sometimes if one of her siblings disturb her or irritate her throughout the day, she'll say, bless Riley, bless Tiana, bless Carsten, but don't bless Aiden. 
Of course, we correct her and, you know, tell her she needs to change. She cannot say that. But how many of us, if you can be honest, how many of us, no need to say I, eh? no need to raise your hand, but we also feel like that sometimes. Some, suddenly we'll be praying, you know, and then God brings this person to our mind and we're like, shh, do you want to pray for that person? But the Word of God says, pray for your... What? Pray for your enemies, for those who persecute you. Wow. So, we need to be willing to change our heart. Amen? Are you all still with me? Yeah? So the Israelites, right, they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years when their trip could have been cut, cut short to 11 days actually. If you look at the map, 11 days is all it could have taken them to get into the promised land. But they were stuck for 40 years. Pastor David talked about being stuck. No one wants to be stuck, right? So the Israelites were wandering for 40 years in the wilderness because they were complaining, they were murmuring, they were grumbling. They kept having this oh in their heart. They didn't want to change. Now, if lah, if they would have said, God, change me. God, help us. God, we want to be more like you. I don't know, but maybe they would have made it to the promised land a bit sooner. Yeah? Change me. Proverbs 14 verse 2 says, Whoever fears the Lord walks uprightly, but those who despise Him are devious in their ways. Now, whoever fears the Lord, I'm not talking about ketakutan, scared. Oh, I'm so scared of God. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that would, you know, I, I don't want to be struck by lightning or anything like that. I'm scared. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in reverence of Him, wanting to be in His presence, coming before Him blameless and pure. When we come before Him, when we say, God, transform me, God, change me from the inside out, God is willing to help us. Do you believe that? And God says, yes, now you have the fear of God in you and God will help you walk uprightly. Amen? Wanting God's presence. Number two, transformation requires sacrifice. Transformation requires sacrifice. Now, how does God create in us a clean heart? How does that work? To clean something, all of us know, cleaning is not an easy job, right? There are some people who love cleaning. Oh, I love to clean the house. I love to do this. I love to clean. I love to clean. But um, I'm not one of those. Cleaning is hard work. It takes a lot of time. Recently, we had our flooding, right? And so a lot of people had to clean out their houses and it's hard work. A lot of hard work. David and Felicia's house. We went and helped a whole group of us. Uh, Kuma and Kat Jack also. And it was hard work. Until now, they're still cleaning. Scrubbing and scooping out. And scrubbing and scooping out. Scrubbing, scrubbing. It's a lot of work. So, cleaning requires work. Ah, this one I don't want to hear. <laughs> right? It requires work. It requires time. It requires sacrifice. There are certain things in our life that we need to sacrifice. We need to say, God, this I'm giving up so that I can have transformation of my heart, so that we want to change. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph was the favorite son. And I would say he was a, quite a proud guy because he was bragging to his brothers and everything. 
You know, and then he had to go through a very humbling experience after being sold as a slave. And then he went on. So many things happened in his life, but he had to go through sacrifices. He had to go through a process in order to reach his full potential. In order to reach our full potential, we have to go through sometimes painful process. There are things in our lives that we will need to give up. Okay, um, about a year and a half ago, I started this journey on transformation uh, physically. So I, I started dieting, etc., etc. But what I started to do was running. And if you know me, I'm not a runner, I'm not an exercise person. I don't like, I avoid all PE activities in school. Okay? So I started this. But what helped me was having a group of friends to motivate me, having my husband to motivate me, having people to cheer me on. Now, guess what? When you are going through your transformation process, who's cheering you on? The Holy Spirit. Whoa. The Holy Spirit is there to say, hey, you've got this. Jesus is there to guide you, to hold your hand and say, you will never walk alone. Not the Liverpool slogan, huh? It's Jesus' slogan. You will never walk alone. I am with you. I am here to guide you, walk with you, and strengthen you. But, you got to put in the work. Hello. We have to put in the work. It requires sacrifice. If you want to see change in your husband, if you want to see change in your wife, we have to put in the work. We have to give up, more, give up our time on the phone, spend more time with the husband. If we want, to, we want to see change in our children, we have to do the work. We have to give up certain things in our life so that we can help our children. Yeah? Same thing with our walk with God. If you want a clean heart, God, give me a clean heart. There are certain things in our life that we have to put aside. Put aside our TV time. Put aside our phone and spend more time in the Word. Amen? It is a process. There's no shortcut. There is no, no instant um, bippity-boppity-boo kind of thing, okay? Um, Abraham. Abraham was asked to make a sacrifice. And this was a tough sacrifice for him. You all know the story of Abraham? He had to sacrifice his son. And I could only imagine what was going through his mind as he was going through this. The, the turmoil going through him because this was his son, his promised son. He finally has a son and God wants him to sacrifice. So as he's going to sacrifice his son, Isaac, all this was going through his mind. God, how? How am I going to do this? Why must I sacrifice? But you know what? Sacrifice is actually an act of obedience. It came down to that. In the end, he didn't have to sacrifice Isaac. It was actually the act of obedience. Now, there are certain things in your life. I don't know what you're going through. There are certain things that you are going through right now that God is saying, hey, it's time to sacrifice. It's time to get rid of certain things. It's time to change your course. Amen? Number three, transformation brings fulfillment. Transformation brings fulfillment. Verse 13 says, Then... 
I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. So not only do you want a clean heart, but now because you have a clean heart, because you have gone through the process of transformation, there is fulfillment. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? So I'm going to compare two people. The first is Paul. He was Saul and he became Paul. Now, Paul was a persecutor of Christians, right? He was going down the path of his persecuting Christians and all that. And then suddenly, on the road to Damascus, boom, he meets Jesus. And then his life is transformed. Now, after his life is transformed, I'm thinking about what he went through. It was probably hard for him because he was a well-renowned leader. So his peers and his uh, kunchu-kunchu, they probably looked at him and went, Hey, what is this lah? Why, why suddenly you're like that? Why suddenly you're not doing what you told us to do? How can you suddenly change your whole mission in life? What is this? And he's probably ridiculed and put down and all this. But he still stayed the course. There were sacrifices he had to make. He probably had to cut off certain friendships. There are certain things he had to give up so that he can change. And out of 27 books in the New Testament, Paul wrote 13. 13 of those books were written by Paul. Why? Because he was willing to make that transformation. He was willing to go through with it and make the change. Another guy, the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler came to Jesus himself and said, Jesus, what can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus himself, imagine speaking to Jesus. Jesus himself said to this guy, you know, you have to follow the laws, the Ten Commandments and all this. He said, yeah, 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 I'm doing all that already. Then Jesus said, okay, very good. Now, what you need to do is, you, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. He was not willing to sacrifice. So Paul brought fulfillment in his life, writing those uh, 13 books. But the rich young ruler went away sad. There was no fulfillment. We need to sacrifice certain things in our life so that we can have fulfillment. Okay, when, when we allow God to change us from the inside, our outlook on life will change. I can promise you that. When you say, God, change me. God, deal with me. It is a painful process. There is certain things in our life that we have to get rid of. There's, uh, we need to do better, but God is there to guide you through. There's a person called Bella. She was born ugly and fat and wobbly eyes and she, she just was not fitting in and she felt so depressed and her mother looked at her and said, don't worry, transformation will happen, don't worry. So she kept going through her life and she said, oh, I'm, all, I'm so ugly, you know, I just don't fit in, I, I don't like how, how I look. The mother said, don't worry, transformation will happen. She looked at her mother. Her mother was so beautiful and she said, oh, I wish I could be like you. The mother looked at her and said, don't worry, transformation will happen. So weeks went by, days went by and then Bella started to get hungry. 
So she started eating and eating and eating. And the mother looked at her and said, don't worry, it's coming, it's happening. You are going to change. And she went on. She was depressed, you know, Bella. And then she locked herself up in her room and she prayed and cried out to God and said, God, why is this happening to me? This is so painful, I cannot take it. The mother looked at her and said, don't worry, transformation is happening. It's coming. One fine day, Bella opened her eyes. She lifted her arms and she was this beautiful butterfly. And the mother said, transformation has come. This is what you went through to have the fulfillment in life. Sometimes we are in that process as this little caterpillar. Oh, why? Why am I going through this? God, I don't understand. God, what am, why, why am I all like this? I'm depressed, I'm upset and things are not going my way. We don't understand. But God looks at us and says, transformation is coming. Transformation is happening. Amen? Yes? All right. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're not clean, God, I feel very sinful. I still got a lot of sin in my life. Lah. Doesn't mean that you can't help people around you. If God is in the process of working in you, it means you have a purpose. If God is in the process of working in you, that means you have a purpose. God has a purpose for you. Please, don't say, oh, I have sin in my life. I cannot help those around me. I'm too sinful. Go to, go to pastor. Go to Keith. La. Keith has all the worship songs. He knows everything by heart. Go to him. No, whatever situation you are in, God is working in you. And you can help those around you in your working places, in your colleges, in your schools. God is working through you. Your sin doesn't disqualify you from achieving what God has in store for you. Amen? Your sin does not disqualify you from achieving what God has in store for you. Someone once said this, you may have failed, but failure is an event. It's not who you are. Did y'all get that? You may have failed, but failure is an event. It is not who you are. So if you feel like you've failed, if you feel you have too much sin, if you feel you're going nowhere, trust in God. Trust in the process. God will guide you through. Amen? Now, I want to encourage you with this. Uh, we ran a homeschool centre for about 10 years. Pastor Lifan uh, was the principal and we ran it for 10 years. It was a good process. It was good for the children as well. Every day we would do devotion with them, pray with them. Um, of course, school, homeschooling. And then recently, there's one uh, family, one mother, she wrote to me. They're not believers, yeah? And she wrote to me recently, her children were going to university. So she wrote and said, one part of it said, so grateful to have known Life Homeschool as all the teachers and pastors have molded them to this stage. Wow. These are not Christians, yeah? Then she went on to ask for our blessings as they move on to the next stage in our life. So in whatever situation you are in, don't, do not be weary in doing good. Whoever you're reaching out to right now, you may not see the results right away. You may feel ridiculed like Paul. You may feel mocked. You may feel ugly like that caterpillar Bella. But God is working. Amen? 
God is working. Remember, we are asking God to restore integrity, restore joy, restore what we have lost in the past. God is here to guide you, friends. God is here to lead you in the right direction. All you need to do is, God, create in me a clean heart. Say, God, create in me a clean heart. Don't let your Holy Spirit go away from me. I need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Can I have the worship team? Thank you, Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. So as we, as we um, reach out to God this morning and say, God, help me. I hope this word has blessed some of you. Yeah? I hope you have received this word. Let's just rise to our feet. Lift our hands.